While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. I once made a go at doing a podcast that involves short stories about the Civil War. It didn't really work out. But while I am writing and recording new episodes of this podcast to come out in June, as a matter of fact, I just finished writing an episode about Carl Walenda walking across Tallulah Gorge, I'm going to share one of those old episodes with you. It's about Confederate soldiers who left the country after the war and settled down south in Brazil. It was called Confederados. Auburn University in Alabama holds a collection of letters and writings from Confederados, those Southern Americans who fled the United States after the Civil War to live in Brazil. A woman named Kenny Bletz sat down at a typewriter in 1978 to record her family history. When she was young, her uncle would tell her stories of the war, which he and his brothers apparently fought in and survived. She describes her father as having two bullet wounds, one a bullet permanently lodged in his stomach and another scraped across his hand that was caused while he was aiming at a damn Yankee. Her uncle assured her that the Confederacy didn't technically lose the war. They just wore ourselves plumb out, whopping the damn Yankees. She lived with her family and other expatriate Americans, was taught by American teachers in their small schoolhouse, and seemed to have a pretty normal childhood, except for the occasional run-in with giant poisonous snakes. When Abraham Lincoln gave his second inaugural address, the end of the war was in sight. Northern politicians were planning the manner in which the South would be punished for their rebellion and the costs they would have to bear to return to the Union's good graces. Lincoln, however, felt differently. When asked about the manner in which to hunt down and arrest Confederate government officials, Lincoln expressed the idea that they should not be mistreated, and that no one should be surprised if they simply left the country and escaped justice. He wanted peace and a restored union, with malice toward none, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. But when the war ended, Lincoln was not in the White House. Andrew Johnson had been sworn in after Lincoln's assassination, and he did not share the former president's feelings. Northerners bought up huge tracts of property from those who had just recently been thrown into severe poverty, and they openly mocked those that had once been their enemy. The most basic demand put on the people, which was signing an oath of loyalty to the United States before gaining back their rights as citizens, was considered an insult of the worst kind. One option was to simply leave, and many were known to discuss relocating to Mexico or Brazil. Those who did move to Brazil became known as Confederados, and they would eventually found two cities for themselves in the wilds of South America. Robert Norris was born in Alabama. He studied law, but did not practice it. He also studied medicine for a time. In 1861, he joined the Confederate Army and was sent to Virginia to serve under Stonewall Jackson. 
He was wounded three times and captured once, having fought at places like Cold Harbor, Sharpsburg, and Petersburg. He and his family left Alabama for Brazil in 1865 and settled in a town called Via Americana, where other former Confederates would soon join him. He returned briefly to Alabama to complete his medical studies, then returned to his family to practice. He would live in Brazil until his death in 1913. The letters written by himself and his family would make the bulk of the collection at Auburn University. Several Southerners chose Mexico as their destination after the war. In fact, some soldiers left the United States in an attempt to gain Emperor Maximilian's support for continuing the war. Although he wouldn't support them militarily, the Emperor did extend an invitation for former Confederates to emigrate to Mexico. Mexico, however, was not the most welcoming place for those from the United States, which had recently fought a war resulting in Mexico losing a significant amount of land. The government under Maximilian was unstable as well, and in fact the emperor himself was executed in 1867. Some Confederate enclaves were attacked after Maximilian's death and many were killed. Some returned to the United States where they were considered foolish, while some traveled even further south to Brazil. Not everyone looked on this plan favorably. General Lee believed that the best course to recover from the war was to work hard and rebuild under the new flag. Eventually, the South would regain its status as an equal part of the nation. Regarding immigration, he wrote, Although prospects may not now be cheering, I have entertained the option that, unless prevented by circumstances or necessity, it would be better for them and the country if they remained at their homes and shared the fate of their respective states. In 1865, the Houston Tri-Weekly Telegraph published an editorial to specifically discourage those thinking of emigrating. They point out that blacks in Brazil, both slave and free, practice the Catholic religion and do not speak English, yet free blacks are considered the social equals of whites. They also point out the various diseases that lie in wait in this land so far from home. The article warns that the cost to move there will be high, and anyone who does make the journey will find themselves living under a monarchy, a Catholic monarchy with no connections to the community or the past. They close with, Living is very hard work anywhere, even in a country we know and in which we have plenty of friends. We have tried it and know it to be so. It will be much harder in a strange country and among a strange people. And dying is a very poor and pitiful business far away from the land of our birth and the friends of our hearts. No Brazil for us. The land of the South, imperial land, is still for us our home and grave. We hope to go to heaven from it. Those who chose to leave for Brazil had no illusions of gaining support and returning home to continue the war. They knew they may never see their homeland again. In exchange, they expected good land for growing cotton or sugarcane, religious tolerance, and slavery. It wouldn't be abolished in Brazil until 1888. 
1867, Brazilian newspapers began reporting on the influx of Southern Americans, but in time they would become part of the local population and more or less disappear from notice. In 1841, the Saturday Evening Post dispatched a reporter to find any remains of those Confederates who had chosen to leave, and actually found a man named David Riker living with his Brazilian wife and family. He showed the reporter his Confederate officer's sword and said his life lacked for nothing. This is Moving Through Georgia, and we have another series of episodes coming up in June. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. And if you want to get the message of local history out to more people, Please consider giving us five stars on whatever podcast app you listen to. It really does help somehow. There were lasting effects of the Americans' move. Until the end of the 19th century, the Catholic Church was a monolithic force in Brazilian life and politics. Displaced Southerners built evangelical churches and conducted missions to the people, introducing them to the Protestant religion. Those in Brazil reached out to missionary societies in the U.S. and urged them to send more to teach the people, build churches, and found schools. Descendants of the old Confederates still celebrate their heritage with square dances, barbecues, and hoop skirts, although how much of that is for local tourism and how much is genuine sentiment is hard to tell. In 1972, Jimmy Carter visited Brazil and was photographed next to a fifth-generation Confederado boy. Behind them is a stone memorial emblazoned with the stars and bars and the names of those first families that traveled to a new land as their old country was occupied and, as they felt, trampled upon. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe From an a deputy gal to Georgia That's all